Hello, hello, and welcome back to the Rotman Thoughtcast, powered by the Entertainment and Media Association here at the Rotman School of Management. We're back with another new interview, and today's episode is dedicated to anyone and everyone who might be feeling slightly less than their best selves lately. It's no secret that stress, anxiety, and seasonal affective disorder can get the better of us at this time of year, especially if you're in first year. If you're an MBA student, you might feel as though anxiety, nerves, and challenges with mental health are a daily struggle that you have to contend with, but it doesn't have to be that way forever. And so, to calm those nerves and to get to the bottom of anything that might be pulling you down, we could think of no better person to talk to than Rotman's very own Professor Maya Jukic. Maya is an Associate Professor of Organisational Behaviour and HR Management and is Director of the Self-Development Lab here at the Rotman School. Her unparalleled insight into human emotions and behaviour have helped many of the students who have climbed this famous pink staircase to develop a better perspective into their own cognitive mechanisms. And so, without further ado, I present to you this conversation with Rini Sharma and Professor Maya Jukic. Hello everyone and welcome to a brand new episode of the Rotman Thoughtcast presented by Rotman Entertainment and Media Association. Welcome, Maya, and thank you so much for being on the show. My pleasure. So, speaking of mental health, a big accessory to the MBA program is anxiety. Whether it is about grades, about interviews, about networking, or even social anxiety when we're trying to get to know a cohort of 350-odd people. And a lot of times, this anxiety occurs for no logical reason. For example, I have found myself guilty of worrying about little things in the program that from a third person's perspective are not going to make that much of a difference in the big picture. Can you talk a little bit about why you think many of us first-year students experience this emotion in the initial part of our MBA journey? Of course. And, you know, to be quite honest, I think feeling anxious when you're meeting 350 people and when you put in so much investment into your MBA is perfectly normal. So it's not as if your emotional system is just doing something funny. It's actually doing its job. So we know that kind of emotions are signals that we get about where we stand in relation to our goals. And something like anxiety is a perfectly natural emotion to feel when you're in a fundamentally a high-risk situation, a situation that You might not pass your classes, that other people who you're studying with won't like you, that you're going to come off in a particular way that you wouldn't like to be perceived. So we might think, well, why am I being anxious? But it's actually, it's your emotional signal doing its job saying, this is a high stake situation and, you know, probing you. Now, of course, we don't particularly like it. It doesn't make us effective, but it's perfectly natural. It's part of our emotion system doing its job. Mm -hmm. So I know that you tend to focus a lot on the notion of mindfulness in your research. And I want to know what, according to you, would be some of the ways that students can be more mindful about, you know, just feeling anxious generally. Like I mentioned earlier, I felt that I was being anxious sometimes for no reason at all. I knew I had the time to finish the tasks I wanted to, but I would end up wasting a lot of the time being stressed out and being anxious. mm -hmm. So how do you think people can be more mindful of what they're feeling and control it in an internalized manner. So rather than the idea of kind of controlling it would be to idea to sort of to work with it, to address what the anxiety is trying to tell you. So 
two ways that you can go about it, really. One is to really look at it. Another is to practice not being anxious, right? So in terms of practicing not being anxious, something like meditation, mindfulness practices. You know, These days you have tons of little apps that you can set on your phone that for two minutes or five minutes, you can practice breathing and having your mind be able to let go of the thoughts that are keep intruding. But another technique that I really like is actually for you to look at the thoughts that, that are coming up. So, you know, for example, if it's a thought, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm in a networking session, oh my God, will these people not like me? So there's usually things underneath that thought, just about generally how it is that you approach social relationships that might be worth examining. And so if you dig a little bit deeper, you would be able to uncover maybe a larger thing that is making you anxious that when dealt with through various exercises or techniques, like some of the writing techniques that I've kind of covered in my self-management class, that if the underlying anxiety goes away, then, you know, everyday situation becomes much easier to handle. So basically, there's sort of two ways. One is practicing in your mind to not be anxious what that would look like. So that's very important. You're, you're rewiring your brain. And the second one is digging in deeper <laughs> and sort of undigging what is the sort of kernel of this anxiety and then, and then uh, dealing with it. Right. And it's also important, I feel, in a way, to really gauge how much is at stake and what the corresponding amount of anxiety you're feeling, if that's the right amount of anxiety to feel. And yeah, I feel like, like you said, there are a lot of resources at Rotman for stress management. You know, there's meditation, there are, we even mm-hmm. have massages here. Mm-hmm. But like, I know that sometimes just when you're that stressed out and when you're short on time, mm-hmm. just going and meeting another person and talking to them, talking to a professional can also seem like a chore. And that's why I wanted to ask you this question about internalizing and really helping yourself get through something like this. Of course. And, you know, it's interesting. You just It crossed my mind as you were talking how, you know, let's say that you, I don't know, you fail a quiz. And what happens in our mind, there's this cascade, there's a catastrophizing cascade that goes, I failed the quiz oh my God, I will never finish this class properly. If I don't finish this class, I'll never get this internship. You know, I will have wasted all this investment into this MBA. People kind of very quickly within, you know, 10 minutes after the quiz forget that they were perfectly functioning professionals before they came to yes. Rotman. I think that has happened to a lot of us. Like, I always remember, I used to be a straight-A student before I came to Rotman. That's right. But That's perfectly fine. You're in a very different setting with, right. you know, with, where the standards are so much higher. So it's not about adapting yourself to a sort of a lower standard as much as keeping it in context. So even if you want to sometimes write out, it's like if your mind is just sort of exploding in anxiety, you just write out, okay, so what is this thing that I'm really afraid of, like a worse thing? And for most people, you know, their worst thing is like, I'll never get the MBA, I'll never get a job. And, you know, just being able to look at that, that extreme, you very quickly, if you see it on paper, you just very quickly realize how far it has departed from reality, yes. right? So, so it puts it in context. It's like, wait a minute, I had work before. What? I've managed yeah, I've managed to. Stay, before, I've managed yes. to be productive person before. Mm. So you know, you'll be fine. Yeah, I think that constant <laughs> reminder always helps. I think whenever I feel like I am not doing so well at school, I just go and talk to my old colleagues and my boss. Great. And I just tell them about what's going on. And then they're like, okay, you know what? Don't worry. We've seen your work. You're going to be fine. So Another thing that just occurred to me is, 
you know, a lot of students end up in what I call sort of Rotman bubble. Yeah. All of their friends are inside of Rotman. Everything is inside of Rotman. And I think when when you're inside of a bubble, you lose perspective. Yes. And it all it takes is a coffee or dinner with a friend outside of Rotman to get a little bit of perspective because you know, when you're talking to everybody else who has very, very similar concerns, it starts seeming like these concerns are all there is in life. And when you talk to people who have other kind of concerns, like people have various kinds of concerns that can be, you know, out there in the real life, and suddenly it will sober you up very quickly. It's like, wait a minute, oh, wait, this is not everything. So I usually really highly recommend that even for, even not just people who are from Canada, but people who have come to Canada or to Toronto just for the MBA and don't have much of a community to put in an effort to, you know, meet a friend in some sort of a group, a meetup group, just like it, even one outside of Rotman. Yeah. Like it can even be at a different club at U of T, but as long as it's outside Rotman, yes. that that connection to reality becomes really important to keep the anxiety in perspective and to keep it down. Yeah, I absolutely agree with you. And I actually, the term Rotman bubble, that's something that I used to also call it in the first couple of months and I'm lucky that I was living in Toronto before I started the program so I already have a roommate who's a good friend and I've known her for many years so when I would go back home nobody cared about what I was doing at the end <laughs> yes. right? they're just like okay what are you so like stressed out about let's just like watch a movie let's do something fun that just gave me a lot of perspective about how everybody else is also doing a lot of things in their lives mm-hmm. and you know before starting the MBA I was also doing a lot of other things in my life but I never felt that kind of stress so it's important to check out and just you know talk to some of the other people that you've known who've known you really well before you started this program who can remind you how you react to certain situations and that you're going to be fine. Yeah, there's a lot of students I find who, you know, given how much Rotman offers both curricular, co-curricular events, talks, networking sessions, I think sometimes we get in with this mindset, okay, like, how do I do all of it? And I'm going to have to tell you, you can't do all of it. The program isn't made for you to do all of it. It's yes. made for you to make intelligent choices about what is most important for you to do mm-hmm. and then do that. And I think part of the anxiety is on this, how do I sleep three hours a night so that I can do everything? And th- that is not the healthiest approach to the experience that, you know, Rotman has designed this program to be rich so that all different kinds of people right. with different interests have something that they, they can gain from, but not for you to do it all. Right. Yeah, no, that's absolutely true. And the problem here is that, you know, like you said, when you're in this bubble, there's almost like an epidemic of stress and anxiety that mm-hmm. goes on. And like one minute, you're absolutely fine. You're happy about what you've done so far. You're like, my day is going great. And then you meet a friend who's stressed out about a certain assignment or a certain case comp or, you know, just for jobs and you talk to them. And then it's like they've almost transferred all of their oh, stress yeah. onto you. And then, you know, that's it. Your day is just from being a really good day. It goes downhill from there. So how do you suggest people cope with not getting that mm-hmm. onto that chain of stress and just controlling their own emotions and dealing with it? So sometimes, you know, I, I talk to students about how it's almost like there's like a cloud of anxiety that like is migrating. And if you kind of enter into that cloud of other students who are worried about something, you'll get right. basically 
contagion of anxiety. So what we need to understand is that um, emotions are kind of meant to be contagious. So, I mean, just think of us in terms of being primates that, you know, if in a in a community or a tribe that there's some danger that other other members of community or tribe were programmed neurologically to by monitoring other people's faces and their body language to notice danger and whether we should worry. And so in a sense, you're very sensitive to other people's emotions, particularly to emotions that indicate potential threat. So what happens then if you approach people, if you approach a a little group, you know, that is, I don't know, prepared, just about to go into an exam, and there's this sort of cloud of anxiety. Mm. Now, it very well could be that you will get sort of sucked into that cloud of anxiety. But I always kind of pointed out the other way, that if you are not anxious, you could provide that point of stability for other people to get kind of contagion of peacefulness or your zenness or whatever is that feeling that you have. So in a, in a sense, you can be that sort of different center. You can be sort of instead of a cloud of anxiety, right. you can be the, the cloud of confidence and peacefulness and comfort or whatever it is right. that other people can be like, oh my God, I don't want to be in that cloud. I'm, I'm going to move over here mm. and feel calm and feel okay with whatever I'm going to experience. Like, I'll know I'll be okay. Right. This idea is that you can become the center of that, and you could also kind of choose who you're going to approach to make sure that you don't get pulled into these emotional states because that's a perfectly natural thing that happens. Right. And somehow it's so much easier to fall into the cloud of anxiety as opposed to falling into the cloud of confidence (laughs) and calmness. It's just... I'm giving that to all of you as a challenge to be a center of a cloud of peace and comfort. Right. That's our second year challenge. I'm sure a lot of us will get there. Yeah, but absolutely. I feel like the more time you spend going through these emotions, slowly you start to learn how to deal with them. And I already see a difference in a lot of my classmates. They know now what's at stake when, you know, a deadline is approaching or if they're stressed out about something and they know how to control it. So I think it's always the initial part that's the hardest because you're kind of getting thrown into a whole new environment and you're only starting to get adjusted. And that's human resilience. I feel, you know, once you have been through a lot, you just know how to deal with it yeah and also I think one thing you mentioned earlier about you know people wanting to do a lot at the same time it sounds ridiculous that I'm saying this about a bunch of people in their 20s and 30s but there is this fear of missing out this FOMO and this peer pressure of doing a lot at the same time because you know your friends are doing it or people who are interested in getting the same outcomes from their MBA as you are doing it and you're like what if I don't go to this opportunity am I going to miss out on a lot how would you say is the best way to sort of gauge where what's worth your time and what's not and what's worth you know losing sleep over so that's a very good question you know we get sort of infected with this sort of primate mentality of social comparison where you're really monitoring others all the time to see what you should be doing. And what I try to encourage is sort of a bit more developmental stance where the activities that you undertake are in relation to your developmental potential, right? Because you and I can go to the same class and you're going to get more out of it than I will, or it's simply not part of something that I'll find a worthwhile thing for myself to do. So instead of focusing on social comparison, which is just monitoring everybody else all the time, what we can do is think, okay, what is it that I want to develop in myself? 
and what activities will do the most for me. Because sometimes getting extra two hours of sleep is more important than a talk on a topic that I'm not particularly interested in. Right. Even though you can think of, well, at least I went to the talk, but it's like I can gauge it for my health, for my well-being, for my getting most out of my experience, my growth, what is best for me. Mm -hmm. And I think we all have responsibility to ourselves to shape our experience, to be aligned with our developmental potential, rather than thinking that we're in some sort of competition with, you know, six billion people and how many experiences we can squeeze into our schedule. Mm -hmm. That's absolutely true. And uh, that's why I found a lot of the times when you had your talks at Rotman. I thought that was a good mental break for me to just, you know, step out of academics and networking mm-hmm. and just take a break and listen to somebody give their perspective about things and how they would deal with the situation. It always helps to hear that and just remind yourself that, you know, you're probably overreacting to things. <laughs> so yeah. that's, uh, thank you so much, Maya, for joining us today. I almost feel like I attended a personal counseling <laughs> session with you. It is and my pleasure. Thank you. And uh, yeah, I feel so relaxed. I think I should just go back and <laughs> take a nap and call it a day. But I hope some of our listeners feel the same way after like, hearing this episode. And yeah, thank you so much for listening. Thanks for tuning in to the Rotman Thoughtcast's Faculty Insights Edition. 